got Welcome back to the Skinning Shed with Fuel Outdoor Gear. Hello. Jason here. Brandon. Uh, Nicholas. Chuck. Chuck. So we are on number episode. Number episode? Number episode. Listen to this in reverse and it'll make uh, yeah, sense. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting tired. So. Episode number 20. How about that? <laughs> I like the turkey. This is a special <laughs> sound effect. I, I like that. Over. It is over. I hate turkeys. Yeah, we're going to have to add, after July 4th, we got to add fall sounds. Mm-hmm. Squirrels oh, barking some. at yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deer blowing stuff. Deer blowing. Like that. Yeah. Um, that sounds about right. Deer yeah. blowing. That's, yeah, that covers it pretty good. Well, so... Pretty exciting international news. Mm-hmm. Um, we started a new segment on this show where we're. <laughs> so we've got people listening all the way from Australia, ah, the like land it. down under, and also Ireland. Chuck's people. That's my people. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So we've uh, we've gone worldwide, Mister Worldwide. Right? Shout out to Australia. (laughs) Shout out to two other places. (laughs) Do your Australian accent, Jay. Hello, mate. uh, I really, truly don't have one. Come on. Hello, mate. So, yeah, if you're, uh, I I would say if you're tuned in from Australia or Ireland, head over to our social media pages at Fuel Outdoor Gear, and we're going to do a giveaway. And say hello. We're going to do a T-shirt and decal combo um, from the skinning shirt. Do you think that's offensive? Yes. Is it? Well, I love it. You think they'd be mad? I love the accent. We mm-hmm. suck at it. They're probably, well, well, probably going to think. We're Southern Australian, so idiots. maybe it's good. Howdy. Howdy <laughs> <laughs> doody. <laughs> Howdy, mate. Look at that roo. <laughs> Jolly roo. <laughs> Go ahead, kangaroo. Give it a shot, Jay. They're vicious animals. Kangaroos are. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's what they say. Yeah. Hey, we need to go down and hunt some cats. Oh yeah. I hear they got cat cat problem. problem. Kitty cat. Feral cat problem. Feral cat problem. Hey. Yeah, some people got on trouble on. uh, Got on trouble. Got on. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Chuck. How you doing? Not for posting pictures of cats they had killed in Australia. Uh-huh. Brandon's on trouble of, again. Bunch of freaking gripping grins with cats. Yeah, I'd like to hold one up by their whiskers. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hello, kitty cat. <laughs> so, so let's let's get back to the 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 giveaway. It's a real thing, Jason. So the one the first one of our international listeners to hit us hit us up on social media in our DMs, uh, we will send you a t-shirt and decal combo yeah so get on it you'll just have to pay shipping <laughs> oh no we'll pay you it's a hundred dollars it. jason it'll be okay we'll do it wow cool, cool. yeah that's yeah. great i mean i i think it's cool that it is, it's it in is another cool. country you no, know it's cool i yeah. think it's worth it giving them a giving them a little prize absolutely and thanks for listening that's pretty neat it is 
I'll be the first to tell you, I haven't listened to one single Australian podcast. Well, I, I can't say that I... Well, so I've I've listened to Adam Greentree on... His is... Uh, who's on she? some podcasts. Adam Greentree? I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say... His wife's name's Kimmy Greentree, so I thought you might have thought I said oh. that, but... He did have a podcast, didn't he? he still well, I've listened to him on... Knock on like and <clears throat> some other stuff. something or not. I got it right here. I think. What is it? You don't have it. Have got you got it. the uh, Jeopardy thing? Nope. <laughs> this makes for good podcasting. <laughs> everybody's everybody's looking to see. I'm not on my phone. I'm sitting uh, here. So, um, what are you guys want to talk about? <laughs> It's okay, like bow yeah, hunter, so, uh, bow hunter, uh, bow hunter, bow hunter, bow hunter, bow hunter, bow, yeah. bow hunter, bow hunting down under. Bow hunting down so, under. so while Chuckles is looking that, yeah, up, let him figure it out. I think today we're going to talk a little bit about the future of hunting. Futures now. Um, you know, there there's a lot of different things out there that says hunting numbers are down and this and that, and I think we've talked about it before that it sure don't seem like it no not around here can i do this whole thing in an australian accent the whole Please. Thing? you can Please you do. can do whatever you want i'm Brandon. just kidding i would yeah. i would like it or the or an irish one um, that one's a little tougher i know that's what i want you to do. but I, I will say i i did forget um i can't talk just because we were talking about our international customers or or listeners we want to do a customer shout out to Bradley Hunt. Bradley Hunt. We appreciate you. B-Rad. B-Rad. He's got a cool last name. He's got a cool new boat. Oh, he purchased purchase a boat. An elite ritual. Or um, he bought my elite cure. Oh, he's on. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm. He's a tall fellow. Nope, wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> nope, he's my height, Brandon. He is uh, yeah, not tall. Guy. Yeah. Sorry. Was he not up here the other day? No, when you were here. He came up here the other day. Oh, that's that's the guy that bought Chuck's bow. Is that right? He's kind of tall? Because he was up here that Saturday. He brought his little girl yeah, up here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that was what I was making Chuck, up. where's your Matthews at? It's at my house. Is it? Mm-hmm. I got him one. I it's got him good. One. It's doing good? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Good. Super happy with it. <clears throat> for um, twenty-eight inch draw, it fits good. It fits a. That's for what me, you're, you were telling me the other day. It fits you better than. It just seems to fit a whole lot better. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot to do with the string angle. Probably. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. But <clears throat> I like it. Shooting good. You're shooting. Well, good. you were shooting a twenty-eight inch draw on that ritual. And you felt like it was a hair long. Mm-hmm. It's it's the string angle. Yeah, whatever it is, it does feel better. I can it just it it really. I mean, when it pops back here, it's just. I don't even have a um, kisser button or any kind of anchor uh, point on the string, just because it hits perfect. And you know, my nose is right there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quiet. 
can't believe how quiet the thing is. Yeah, they're yeah. quiet. That's ridiculous. It is. You can, you can really hear a difference in them shooting them in here against like the elites and stuff like that. You can really hear the difference in them. Well, you don't hear anything but the arrows smacking the target, like when uh-huh. they're shot in here. It's like. It's because my arrow's so slow, it just. You can't hear it. Because <laughs> you walk in the house and come works. out and it's still flying. <laughs> it ain't that slow. If you can outrun your arrow. You might need you a new might, You might be a redneck. I'm, so adjust, yeah. I'm adjusting my sight before it hits. I'm like, ah, it's going to be low. <laughs> <laughs> Two clicks. Whack. Yep, Two clicks low. down. Yep. Did you find that podcast there? I have Popo? not. Yeah, he's not yeah, going to find it. He ain't okay. gonna find I had it. Seriously, I had it on. Uh, I just seen it the other day. So talking about the future of hunting. The future um, of hunting. You know, we can go back and look at how hunting's changed over the past four decades. Um, I mean, Chuck's probably the only one that can go back through decades. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it to me there there's a huge difference from when I was a teenager till now. I mean, it's it's ginormous difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I can remember back then. You just didn't see a lot of big deer. I mean, you were lucky to see small bucks, and then. Well, but you didn't care then either. Right. Well, that's true. I mean. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't. I just. Just going was. Yeah. Like I didn't care about. What kind of boots I had, and and they were crappy, and my feet froze. But I didn't care about what I had on, long as I, you know, it was fairly warm. Cloak, you know, jacket, coat, whatever. Just, just going was the funnest thing. This I just in. Bow hunter's life. There you go. Adam Green Dream. Thank you. Podcast for that. I would say for me, like the amount of things I did not know or even care about then to now, like. I think I put a lot more effort into like trying to to plan out a hunt or think about deer travel and terrain. Whereas before, it's just kind of like you just just went, just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just go where you're kind of told to go and didn't think anything about it. And yeah, I, I I don't know anything now, but I really didn't know anything then. You know, it was just you just did it because it was fun to do. And yeah, I mean that was it. Really. I think it should always start. Just like that, yeah, Simple. for sure, yeah. Just fun, yeah, and fun. It, and it, it just, I don't know. I, I've talked about hunting with Chuck a lot because he's he started me hunting. I mean, when I first started showing an interest, my dad never hunted, but he he went along. You remember we mm-hmm. went down to Baden Lake, yeah, hunted some ground down there, and Dad went, and Dad, you know, he just. He was he was doing it to support me, and then he was being a dad. Yeah, and and then once once he knew that I I, I was bit by the bug and I was going to keep going, you know I I would say Chuck kind of took over there and and he took me and I would stay that night at his house and he had this little little buck mounted. Was it four spike? Spike. Spike. 
Was it your first year? Mm-hmm. Okay. But in the little spare room where I slept, and it was like right above me. And I, I would just look at it all night long. Couldn't sleep, so excited. So that's what I mean. I think it should always start then. There's, there's plenty of time to learn, and you should. And there's plenty of time to figure out gear and, and, and all that stuff. But Well, that's unfortunately, though, I feel like that's where a little bit of the the hunting stuff now it, it's actually backwards. People are getting into it and wanting to go full blown, just balls to the walls with it, and then expecting to go see a hundred and fifty inch well, deer. And I agree with you. You know, and well, a lot of that's what you're fed though, too. Like, yeah. well, see, that's just, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think they're fed that stuff. I think they, they are too. Um, they I'm just it. simply saying. It should. I think it yeah. should oh, yeah. start yeah. with yeah. just just going. I think pe- people would appreciate it more um, because that's how I started. Was the exact same way. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally my dad didn't hunt. He went every once in a while with us to to, but my gran- grandpa. What happened? <laughs> freaking peanuts! Peanuts! <laughs> I said peanuts. <laughs> Jesus, Brandon. <laughs> Freaking peanuts! <laughs> I said peanuts. Jesus. Oh man. Well, the the while you get your uh, no, it's all good. Whatever <laughs> to put away or whatever. The commercial aspect not funny at all. <laughs> no, it was sorry. Funny. It was funny. The commercial aspect of it today is so different than it was. When I started, that's that's the biggest difference I see between when I come up in the seventies and the eighties versus now. Sixties, fifties. No, I'm born <laughs> in the sixties. However, I think I, the first time I actually went was probably seventy one or seventy two. Now that's just not actually hunting, but just tagging along. Yeah. And um, the there was no commercial like stuff out there now i mean there were the funny thing is there were there were um what i used to call gimmicky stuff back then i mean you, you had there, there were things that there was i can remember one call a deer call in an outdoor life and field and stream and sports of field magazine it was it was like it was three about three to four inches long flat plastic yeah and it had a little reed in the middle of it and you just blew it like like you would blow grass right in, in your hand, you know, make that squealing sound. That's the only deer call I ever remember. Seeing advertised. Well, there was no industry. There was no, no hunting industry. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't guess, right? No. I mean, no. I mean, other, I mean. Camo hadn't even come out. No, H- were, hunting camo. There were outfitters, of course, back in the day. Yeah. Certain ones. I mean, I can remember advertisements in the back of the magazines. I used to look at them, you know, Alabama Black Belt. And that's that's all you've seen, and or you've seen Montana elk or New Mexico elk or whatever. But that's to me that's what's. And then <coughs> when when outdoor TV started coming on, to me is when the the thing just switched over, and things just really escalated really fast. Mm-hmm. People, that's when Mossy Oak came out, Real Tree came out. All that started happening. 
Treebart first. Bart, yeah. Uh, Jim Crumley was first. And you in the first stands I remember, you had Baker stands, which were death traps. <laughs> and then you had which was a climbing stand. Then you then lock on came out. L O C O N. Yeah. Lock on. And um then you had easy steps, screwing steps come out. And then it kind of idled off there for a little bit and then all of a sudden outdoor tv started and it just i mean it just blew up all at one time yeah. and it was really it was sad in a way but in another way it was um pretty exciting for a young guy like me back then because that's i was eat up with it yeah you you couldn't get enough of mm-hmm. it so now you had another outlet where you could watch yeah. <clears throat> hunting or whatever yeah, well, even publications like magazines that were dedicated solely to whitetail hunting, you know, whereas when that outdoor life came, you finally had an article on whitetail hunting, you know, and you just read it over and over and over. Yeah. Or a book. I had all kinds of books on whitetail hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing I've seen in my lifetime is, is how all that changed. And the simplicity of the early days when you went out and you built a stand in a tree, whether it was a ladder stand or just platforming the fork of a tree or however it was, to to now is just unreal. It's just unreal the way you wouldn't think of nailing into a tree today. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just wouldn't think of it. Well, I was listening to a podcast the other day with David Blanton, um, he was talking about how when when they started out doing TV, they were on like TNN or TNT or something like that, and then they were switching over to ESPN, and it was he said it was strange because back then ESPN was huge for fishing. You had mm-hmm. Bill Dance, <coughs> Jimmy Rolling Houston, Martin, Roland yeah. Martin. You had all these guys, and fishing was, like, just huge. And ESPN had put all this money into those shows. And they switched over to ESPN, too, for the hunting stuff. And he said that within the first, I think it was the first six months or something, the Nielsen ratings were so high for the hunting stuff that – they started freaking out about the fishing stuff. Like, why is why is this happening? And it was, you know, David was saying, "Is well, you got to think if if you're fishing, and you're filming it, you don't actually see anything until the fish is on the boat. Where with hunting, you're seeing the whole experience, mm-hmm. the 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 deer walking in and and all this stuff. And then to me, when I noticed a huge difference in like all of that stuff is when Buckmasters or Buckmasters, uh, Monster Bucks, and then Michael Waddell come out with real tree road chips. To me, that right there is actually what changed a whole lot of it. Um, if, if during your time. During during my time. Yeah. Like in, in the so that would have been the like the real tree road chips. I think that was late nineties, early two thousands. I believe. Yeah, something like that. And so we would have, yeah. Just it just exploded. And I, and I think it was the way they did it. It was it was more of a, 
seemed like a reality TV instead of hunting. Like it was a yeah. it was a whole concept, and then it was like it just exploded. Um, you know, and and sometimes, you know, the so-called hunting industry. I, I'm not such a huge fan of it. Uh, I think it's well. That's why it's losing big now. Yeah, I I, I just don't the, the see the TV portion. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I think they went. It went the wrong way. He got. Oh, it was. It was overproduced. It was. You know, what you were talking about, reality TV. To me, it was more like a. A TV show in the beginning, meaning, like any other show you would see on 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 network TV. It was really produced, scripted. You know, set up. Everything was was done to give a good at that time I guess they thought a good a good show. Mm-hmm. Where and then it kind of um the real tree road trips part is when I think it moved kinda into that reality type um type of show. A little loose. Yeah, a little, a little more, more uh off some, the cuff. Yeah, and a little more not, not, not as scripted. Exactly yeah. and not as not so much worried about staged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not worried about the uh, um, professionalism, so to speak, of what's being shown. I mean, they're joking around now. They're laughing. They're picking mm-hmm. at each other. Whereas before, it was all serious. And yeah. and they played that stupid music. And I hate the music. <laughs> I mean, I just hate it. You felt like Godzilla was going to pop up out of the ocean over in Japan half the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just dumb. You ever seen a Godzilla movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, like a real Godzilla movie back in the day. Yes. Black and white. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Anywho. They're still good. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> Godzilla. And so, is it Godzilla or Godzilla? Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. There's some accents you can do and get away with, and there's others that will yeah. get you in trouble. Get you in trouble. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Don't do that. No. That's just my opinion. I mean, that's just the way I see it. And then it, it's evolved even more now to where it's more... <clears throat> Um, the YouTube stuff. Vlog, <coughs> vlog style. Yeah, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Personally. Um, whether it's hunting on private land or hunting on public land, I still enjoy that YouTube uh, platform more than the overproduced TV stuff. Well, I think that's what's kind of hurting the TV stuff is everything's so accessible on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. It's like, Well, it's yeah. the accessible part of it but it's also i mean anybody can, you do can it. throw videos out just left and right i mean look at the hunting public guys how many videos do they have out yeah they probably got more than real tree road trips has had in 20 years and they've only been doing it what three years four mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Yeah. i mean they're putting out videos every single mm-hmm. week sometimes two a week yeah now granted they're what 20 30 minutes maybe I don't know. They average um, yeah, fifteen yeah. to twenty. So I mean, minute. you know, they can, they don't have to run it through like a season. Yeah. They can do it immediately, yeah. and, it, and it's on their terms and everything else. Um, I think the biggest thing with TV now is it's so predictable. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know there's going to be a kill, and they're all the same. 
Yep. Yeah, and you, you think like that's a lot, a lot of them. That used to be why you would, well, for me, that's why I would watch it because I'm like, oh, that's what I want to see. Yeah. But then the more I it think wears I've, off. yeah, the more I, the more I've matured is like, well, no, I want to learn. Like, if yeah, this exactly. didn't go right, why didn't it go right? What could yeah. I have done different? Yeah. Like, you never saw that in the old shows. It no. was, you know, the setup and like you said, the big dramatic yep. music and then the kill and it's over. It's the same thing over yeah. and over and over. And the next cut. show is yeah. Same thing. Yeah, and another thing that evolved was in the beginning, they were they were hunting a lot like we would. It, you know, even though it was kind of produced in a certain way, but they were, they were bless you, Excuse me. they were in the woods, or they were hunting over a cornfield or whatever. And then it kind of evolved in these lush food plots, and that's. And I remember seeing an interview one time, and a guy. Um, I don't know who it was. It might have been Waddell or somebody. I don't know. But they asked him, you know, why do you film so much of shooting in a green field? He said, well, it's better um, for the camera. You know, there's no trees in the way. It's just filming that, panning that thing coming across the field. Well, that's boring. Well, I don't think that was Michael Waddell. Probably not, but it, I don't know who it was. Could have been Jackie Bushman. I don't know, but um, ain't no Jackie Bushman club. Ain't no Jackie Bushman club. That's boring. That's in every show, and and quite frankly, for me, I don't. Once you see it once, I'm done. That I don't give a crap. I mean, that's that, that's that's not exciting to me. Yeah. At all. And then, like I said, then it kind of moved a little bit away from that. Yeah. Um, well, everything peaks. Yeah. So. The even the the industry as a whole, it's going to peak. I mean, we've talked about bows that used to come out at the ATA show come out three months before. They used to do that. It's it's they well, want more. They want more. They want yeah. they want. Well, and, they're, and they're, eventually, it's going to peak. And I think there was a lot of I think it's uh, peaking personally. <laughs> but there peaking. was a lot of, I guess discussions or something at ATA this year because they sent out like surveys to everybody asking what's your opinion on bows coming out in November instead of in January at ATA. Um, I think Hoyt was actually one of the bigger ones that was wanting to know. Um, to me, I just I feel like it would benefit everybody more. Like not Not just us retailers, but it would benefit manufacturer more because they would have sales in the off season and then also have their sales during hunting season yeah i think it would double their sales i don't see the benefit other than whoever did it first right well that's so the, the thing everybody see now everybody's doing it. so yeah, that's what I'm and saying. they keep coming just a little bit peaks, earlier everything yeah. has a shelf life so to speak yeah. and it's the same way with some of these shows and i will say Y'all may not agree, but I love the the Drury stuff. Oh yeah, and I and they started. I got vid, I got back in the day. I got vid, VHS. What was tapes. it? Vidges. 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 I've still got VHS tapes of Monster Bucks yeah. and all that stuff. I don't want to get rid of them. I don't, I don't have yeah. nothing to play them in, but I've I don't want to get too. rid of them. Yeah, I got them too. Yeah. But, but I mean, the juries have evolved because oh, yeah. now they're doing exactly what you're saying. 
they're a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. And and I enjoy no. <laughs> I enjoy watching snack time. You know, but they branched out. They did. They've done like two or three. They other did little competition shows, which yeah. were neat. And I thought those were pretty cool. They, they I thought this. What's it called? Thirteen. Thirteen. You know, yeah. uh, critical mass now, and that's and the one I was thinking of. Whatever else, mass. but they, I don't know. They're 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 super knowledgeable, and they've taken their. They've got an app now, but they take all their information and they're. I feel like they they legitimately try to pass it along. Yeah. Um, well, there's certain there's certain uh, people in that industry in that part of the industry that are well respected. Oh yeah. They're those guys, man. You know, Primos, Will Primos guy, all those fellas. Even I mean Mike Waldell. I mean you like him or not like him. I like him. No, I like him. I oh, he he's still. I mean, I, I but see he's a he's a huge advocate for the hunter. Like, he, and so he's he, evolved. Yeah, he he's evolved yeah. majorly. Um, um, he's, he's evolved with the times, I guess. Or he's almost but like, with like, what people like too, because he he used to be a cameraman. Right, but he used to have that show that <coughs> it was pretty predictable. Even yeah. for him, it was a little more off the cuff, but you knew there was going to be kills. He, you know, he's he's branched out into Booger Bottom. And oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Uh, people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. That part of the, that part of the shows, they've peaked. I mean, yeah. they've just, and now, but for us and for you, Chuck, where there wasn't that many shows, or for us there were shows. We grew up with some shows, but um, these kids now, like our kids, that if they continue to hunt, and I hope they do, they're I, not going to know what it was like when, you know, when, when there were no shows or there there were no um, box stores and 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 well products at your fingertip i mean i mean even and you can't change that but like you think when you were a kid or when i was a kid what we talked about when we talked hunting to our friends or to our parents or whoever nowadays you hear like kids come in the store you see kids out and about they're talking about checking cameras they're talking about doing this and doing that at that young age so they're they're growing up in that. It's a different time. That technol technology era of cameras, cell cameras. Now, now it's just like I mean, kids. All kids have cell phones, so now they even got the app on their phone. Oh, Willow, here's my yeah. phone. I got a certain notification ding. She says, "Well, what we got on camera?" <laughs> yeah, and but but there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that's what they're growing up in. It's just and different. like you said, they're not. They don't know. And I mean, I've said this before on another podcast is back in the early 80s, I mean, the deer in North Carolina did not boom until in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hunted, like legitimately carried a firearm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm glad it's somebody else instead of just me. We're just, we're on, we're, we're critical tonight. Le- you say legitimate. You said le- legitimately. You said legit me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's all right. It's the Copenhagen, I tr- man. I tried to 
Hold it again. <laughs> no, give it to him like you give it to me. Come yeah, on. Okay. He was on a roll. I don't like to. It's all right. Well, what I was getting at is Except that I, I started carrying a, a, a rifle at eight, nine years old. And um, trying to figure out where I was going with that before I messed up. Uh, deer peaking. Right. Yeah. So I started carrying a rifle at nine. And I mean, the doe days were like on on a monday so i never got to attend that um you could only kill one buck a season and i mean that's even if you've seen one yeah we've seen those i've seen those but ne- I, I never had a shot on a buck till i was in my late teens and i missed and then i ended up killing my first deer when i was 18 it was that little spike cow horn nick was referring to and then after that is when it kind of exploded so i would say 82 83 and after that now, sure, there were parts of the state that had really good hunting, but now I've got them in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Most people do. It did not used to be that way. Right. And, and you know, like Nick's kids, my kids, um, Brandon's kid and Jason's kids, they're, they, they ride down the road and there's a deer. Yeah. It's just kind of nonchalant. But I, yeah. I can remember going, riding to high school, and if I seen a deer cross the road, Man, it was just like I couldn't. I couldn't think the rest of the day. It's just like freaking deer just cross the road. Yeah, yeah. I still it's do different. that when I see deer. Well, I do. I do it, but I'm just saying, it's it's it was not common back then in this area. Yeah. I mean, you had to drive an hour from here to to, to see a deer, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's something that's to me. <clears throat> That's just something to me that's um, to kids coming up today. I think it's good because I think it gets them involved, you know, and they don't sit out there like I did and freeze my tail off and not see nothing. And yeah. now, now you know, they're seeing deer, they're seeing turkeys, they're seeing whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, and I'm happy. I mean, we're basically living in the good times. So do you, do you think that the, the new – kind of way like kids having cell phones and having game cameras and all this stuff do you think that it's gonna help or hurt deer population well because everybody's seeing all this stuff on tv they see these 150 inch deer and they think oh i'm gonna let that little one walk well i mean let them walk i'll shoot yeah but i mean at the same time i'm saying (laughs) when i was coming up if you seen a buck, you better shoot it because you probably ain't gonna see another one. Oh yeah. Now, if you if you see a four pointer, I mean it's it's not not a big deal because there there's you might see three more bucks later on or tomorrow or whatever. So and then you got cameras to prove it. Whereas back then we didn't have any cameras. Yeah, you didn't know what was running. Around. I mean, was kind of hoping. I mean, I was I was stringing thread across the trail. Yeah, trip line. I remember yeah, those. I mean, no joke. <clears throat> yeah, I I really think that the game laws, uh, if done correctly, really help with numbers, either to decrease or increase. And I think all the the new technology stuff is, I mean, it, it's okay. I, and the kids growing up with it, whatever, you can't do anything about it. Um, but going back to what I said, 
I think people got to be careful and really be intentional about starting. Well, I guess we're just talking about young people starting them out or even just new hunters. It's got to be super fun. Forget everything else. And, <clears throat> well, uh, see, and that, to and, me, and that, and I start think there, that's... And that's the, that's the baseline. It, it can't be, you know, I'm 16 now. Uh, I see all these Insta-famous dudes. Well, my uncle hunts, so I'm just going to kind of hunt, you know, hook up with him and get the basics, and then I'm going to start, you know, doing a bunch of selfies on, like, all that crap. That'll, that'll, one, that won't last, um, but it's just, it's just crap. And hunting is more than an industry, and it's more than, uh, a, it's more than a sport, really. It's, I don't know, you know, people say, well, it's way of life. Well, it, it was for me, I mean, growing up. That's well, why how much it means to me to go yeah. and do it and enjoy it. Well, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, everybody in this room, we've said it plenty of times. It, 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 it is our is something that that we're just absolutely passionate about. You know, besides our our families, it's something we just love to do. And the thing I'm worried about is kids today not having that same passion. Are they in it to be insta famous? Yeah. Is that what they want to be? Like the head redneck around. Right. I mean, basically, you know? Yeah. I mean, back in the day, the head redneck had the biggest tires on his truck. Now it's how many followers he's got. Right. But yeah. the, the other thing I worry about that's, that, that all this technology, you know, is woodsmanship and learning what the deer do by being out there with them, being boots on the ground, not a camera just pointing at a corn pile or a camera pointing at a trail. Mm-hmm whatever the case may be, nothing wrong with it. I don't have a problem with it. But, you know, the woodsmanship part, I just don't think is, is out there as much as it used to be. Yeah. I don't Personally. think it is either, mainly because it's too easy to get information elsewhere versus going and hands-on experience what you saw. You know, when I first started hunting, out of state and in Midwest or whatever, you started seeing more deer numbers. And I learned real quick that you can learn a lot more when you get to see, you know, a lot of deer. And I don't, and so. And you interact with them and, and just. And you get to watch them and you get, to, you know, <clears throat> we were talking about turkey season, watching that bird on the roost doing what he did and, and all that. That's, that's. That's knowledge that you learn by experience. And the first deer I ever killed, again, was with Chuck. Um, it happened in about a minute and a half. Like, we, we hunted in a county that ran dogs, and so there was some dogs running a buck by me. And by the time I figured out, <clears throat> you know, it was a buck and I could shoot because it wasn't a doe day, like split second, oh, it's, it's a buck, and, and I didn't care what it was, and boom, shot, um, it was over, and that's kind of how I was used to hunting. You just didn't, you just didn't get to see a lot of deer, <coughs> and, and, and was that? You know, we, I think we had a couple of food plots, but they were, 
Yeah. You know, they weren't. We don't even think, we, we didn't even hunt them. No, they were just there. They were just there. You walk through them to go get in your stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you, start, when you start seeing deer and uh, watching how they interact and react and figure out what you can get away with and what you can't, and that's, that's good woodsmanship and, and that you can't. You can read about it all you want, but. Yeah, like a camera doesn't tell you that either. Exactly. So they're good tools, but they can't replace the experience and the woodsmanship. But you got to be intentional about it. I mean, back in the day, that's the only time you could learn is to go out there and do it. Well, it's different now. And again, we have to be intentional with our kids that, you know, these cameras are great. Um, but I want to show you, you know, how to read sign and, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I've got mi- – <clears throat> personally, i got mixed feelings about especially cellular cameras. I think they're a great tool. I think they're they're awesome. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, uh, you know, you get real-time information. And – I don't know, just something about that seems weird to me. It seems kind of I don't wanna see un I don't wanna say unethical, but at the same time I guess it depends on the person, you know. If they're using that information um for good <laughs> I or guess evil. or evil, mm-hmm. you know, or that's kinda of what I'm getting at is is um I think, you know, so so explain that. So what would be evil in using Well, that? I mean, think about it if <clears throat> if you if you have multiple cell cameras up and and you're you're heading to one spot and all of a sudden your phone dings and you look at it and you see a deer at another spot. Now, I'm not saying you're going to I'm not saying it's so easy you just, oh, I got to pick, he's there now, I'm going to walk over and kill it. I'm not saying it's that easy, but I know people that have turned around and said, I'm going over here. You well, know? I wouldn't. And, and, but I, did it work I, out in their favor, though? Yeah, I'm not saying it would every time. Because I can tell you right now, I use sailor cameras and it didn't work out in my favor. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying. Numerous times this year. I, I know, but my my thing is, is like, like, in, in very few people have the opportunities that a lot of these people have with the type of farms, the type of leases they may have with really nice, uh, whether it be a food plot or just food areas, field, ag, whatever. And so if, you, if you've got a camera, you know, let's say you had a lease with a really nice ag operation on it, and dude just picked a cornfield the day before and you got a camera on a cell camera and you're at home and you're thinking about going over here and all of a sudden you get a ding and you see where this buck has just walked out of the thicket and into the cornfield all you got to do i mean i'm not i'm what i'm getting i'm not saying you're two hours away approach the field and you drive over there because you, you, know, you know he's there you know he's there I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would too. I mean, to no, me though, I, I, the, I the likelihood saying. of that happening though, 
Well, it's it, way less than you actually think. Well, I mean, it might, it, might be it right. Because, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know that one deer, my camera didn't even go off, so I didn't have a clue anyway. Yeah. But then at the end of the season, I mean, I, I thought I had that buck patterned dead to rights. I just knew I was like, I'm killing that buck. He changed his pattern. Yeah. I mean, it, it, deer, you can say, watching them on a camera, oh, I know what this deer's going to do. But you don't know what that deer's going to do. No, I mean, deer, I mean, you don't. They've deer, evolved, it, too. Yeah. yeah. And it, so, I, I know what you're saying, but I think there's some, the, I think the benefits, and again, it, it's all about how you use them, but when I had the lease in Ohio, it was nice to know I didn't have to go up there Oh, just to check. Or, or even if it, you got a farm a couple hours away, an hour away, yeah. um, I mean, the benefits well, that way. I mean, what you said a while ago about, you said, you know, that scenario I painted there of the deer walking out of the cornfield, and you said, well, if I see that, I'm going after it. The same thing applies to me. Let's say I'm I'm driving by my lease, going to a stand. I go by that same cornfield and I look out there, and there's that buck stand out there. And is it? It's not. The, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, you you know. I'm going to go down the road and park, and then I'm going to put a stalk on that. It's the exact same scenario, yeah. but for some reason, for me, it feels weird yeah. because it's a camera, and that's just me personally. Well, you're old. But it's just, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we figured it no, out. Uh, but it's the same thing. It's, there's no difference. Yeah. It's the same, you know, I just happen to ride by and see it versus, uh, you know, you get a picture on your phone. It's the same thing, but for some reason, I just feel strange about it. That's all. And That's it, and fair. It, and it is an age thing, I'm sure. But you're not, a, you're not a big camera person in general. No, but I do think they're very beneficial. I mean. Well, how many times have you pulled a card and went, God, that thing was in here yesterday morning, mm -hmm. and I was going to come here, but I decided to go, you know, yeah, it happens. It does. I mean, they let you down more times than they help you. My well, uh, you like, know, it just, that gone it. I think it's fun to, I like cameras. Um, yeah, just because you, you've got certain deer on camera don't mean you're even going to see them, much mm -hmm. less you know, kill them. So the, the camera got it there because you weren't in there. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, there's no human element there. In that. So it's it's like, so you got to think about it. Like, I want to know what's in here when I'm not. And versus, oh, he's in here all the time. Well, mm -hmm. you can go tromp your little happy butt in there and he know he probably watched you walk in. Oh, You're yeah. not going to see that deer. My, my lease, I used to have, I mean, I had cameras everywhere. I mean, all over the place. I didn't kill hardly any deer that I actually had on camera. This one right here was like one of the only ones that I really ever killed that I had on camera. Yeah. The rest of them were cruising. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I actually, I planned on getting a couple more cameras this year. I got one, so I have a total of three. And we'll get you a cell camera. I don't want a cell camera, but anyway. He feels weird. 
You got that, baby that, steps, man. Baby steps. But Spy Point's got a new <laughs> a new thing, man. It's I'm only fifty nine dollars. It's all right. We can turn any camera into a cell camera. So yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, in a few more years, I'm retiring. I'm going to be using a flip phone anyway. So, um, but no, I think they're. I think they work great. I think they they're useful tools. Like I said, I got places now in my mind that I'm like, you know what? This would be a great spot to stick this camera and just see, you know, if if my own ground, uh, you know, my, my boots on the ground, Add information to what you think is happening. To what is really happening there. Yeah, because you can't be out there all the time. Yeah, so, and and there are also, these spots are, are anywhere from two hours to, to wherever away. So... Yeah, I've already I've kind of decided. Okay, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna give it a shot and see what happens. And and if it's, you know, I'll be the first to say when we do this again next, you know, during deer season. If it turns out, if it pans out that that camera gave me information, I'll be the first one to say, well, yeah, that camera helped me. Yeah, at least figure out what's there. Then it's up to me. Yeah, you know? you, you still have to go back to you ha- going back to woodsmanship. You can't go. Yeah. Oh, there's. A- there's a deer right there. And, yeah, that and, camera won't and kill. Just, well, I mean, just walk in there. Doing you the, still got to think about. Doing the public land hunting in Ohio, I mean, you had to go back to woodsmanship. Never, well, see, never been like, on the property. Never, you know, you had to look for the sign. You had to, you know. And look at how many times we all moved. Yeah, there's spots up I mean, there that I would love to go back up there, say, August, September, and hang two or three cameras. I really would. And just leave them. See, I, that's what, I don't know, man. So, I don't know if I would want to do that. Like, I might go the opposite way from you this time and right. say, I don't know that I want that because then you might see some giant deer up there and then you just got it in your you brain. I yeah, want I mean, that deer. That happens too. You yeah. know, I, I, it does suck to get that way sometimes. I mean, I mean there was a time, I remember, um, cameras hadn't been out long and you had one and you stuck it over at dirge mine mm-hmm. and you, you had still a, had to go develop the film and yeah. oh yeah but you had a you had a good deer on it and i remember um I and i just him. yeah and i just remember thinking nick knew the deer was there he kind of was on it was early season so it was kind of real patternable and i feel like this is the other part of it i feel like he knew that buck was there and it was a good one so his anxiety level, and I'm just this is just me talking. It's not what he told me, but his anxiety level of it's you know he's going to be here in the next thirty minutes or so, <clears throat> and then when he actually bam there he is, it's like oh crap, he's really here. That it, I think it can overwhelm you a little bit just knowing that part. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So, yeah. back when it was 35-millimeter cameras, I was hunting on that <clears> 96 <throat> acres up there. We had a couple of albino bucks up there. Well, one of them was just a giant eight-pointer. And, you know, it was an hour and ten minutes away. I didn't get to go up as much as I wanted to. So, I went up one day and was hunting and there was a food plot over to my right with the albino 
stepped out. He walked all the way across that food plot over to me, standing like 35 yards. Because it was, you know, 35 millimeter, couldn't just, like, back then it was kind of funny. I went, one day I, I went to, like, into town in Yanceyville and was like, do y'all have a one-hour photo up here? And they were like, what's that? And I was you go like. go Drugs. I, I was like, uh, never mind. Never mind. Um, so I didn't have a clue, but I shot the deer at 35 yards and hit him in the shoulder and basically found one teeny tiny little speck of blood. But that arrow was like stuck in the shoulder. It didn't penetrate or nothing. And then I developed the film overnight because we went back the next day just to look for him to double check. That deer was coming in at 20 yards every day. And if I would have just left him alone, he would have ended up coming 20 yards in front of me. Like, so he was over here. He would have ended up over here at 20 yards. But I didn't know. I mean, you know, that's where a camera would have been like, yeah, that would have been awesome, because he was a giant. I mean, he he would have he would have made he would have been bigger than every one of these deer. Um, and he was white. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty cool. But they say there's a curse. Yeah, and I will say I'm. I think my curse is happening right <laughs> you now. Shot but, him, but my my buddy's it. dad did shoot one of the albinos. He shot a, a five point albino in velvet. Oh my gosh. That's- Right. And I'm not kidding you. He had bad luck for like seven years. <laughs> I'm not even playing. Because yeah. now it's been like seven years. And in the last two years, he's been killing bucks like crazy. Like every year. But for seven years straight, like he either wouldn't see him or he would see him and miss. I mean, it was, I was like, yeah. So is, next, is this coming season going to be your season? He shot a buck last season. Yeah, I shot about yeah. last season. Yeah, you did. Made a horrible shot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm still having a lot of bad luck. I yeah, don't, I think I just suck at hunting. Nah. I don't think it's really bad luck. I think I just suck. Nobody ever really figures it out. But I mean, then you you move into bows and arrows and broadheads and all that stuff. That especially broadheads. I think broadheads. The aluminum airs were good airs. There wasn't nothing wrong with them. They're just maybe not as tough as, as the, the airs of today. But the broadheads, I feel like, are way better today than what you had years ago. Oh, of course. I mean, they're designed better. they got uh, better materials in them. Um, the, the bows are obviously better. But the funny part is... is even the compound bows of, of the 80s or 90s or 2000s, everybody still killed elk. They killed mule deer. They killed whitetails. It's shot placement. Yeah. Honestly, it, I mean, it's... And they're shooting 52 pounds, 55 pounds. They're shooting, you know, double X-75 um, game getters. They're shooting muzzies. You know, they're doing, they're getting the job done. But I think technology has made it where 
you can be way more proficient with it now than you used to be. Well, and it, it makes up for mistakes. Mistakes. Well, they're more forgiving. Yeah. The, if you make a mistake, it actually helps you a little bit. I mean, I've seen where people shot deer and shot them in a really, really bad area. Just you're sitting there looking at it going, there ain't no way we're finding this deer. And then we found the deer. Yeah. I mean, um, there, there's, it's kind of funny where y'all were talking about things come to a peak. It's actually funny that, like, tree saddles used to be popular. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden. It's back, baby. They're back. <laughs> like, super popular again. Um, fixed blade broadheads are are. Coming back. back again. Back, baby. Um, you know, it, it's, I think everything does have a peak and, it, and well, it eventually comes back around. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, um, talking about bows and arrows and speed and, and momentum and kinetic energy and all that stuff. And I don't know if, I don't know if you guys were old enough, but at one point during, um, I think this was the late 80s. This thing come out, it was all the rage, and it was called an overdraw. And basically what, and it, when I think back about it now, I'm like, that is the most dangerous thing I've ever seen in my life. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't? Mm-hmm. Basically what it was, it, it was because speed was what everybody was after. So the shorter the air you had, the faster it was going to be. So the overdraw basically with with your hand on the grip. I see where this is going. It came back. It came back. It like it, it sat back here. So it's you would shoot a twenty five inch air. <laughs> and you're Shave sitting there drawn the back and you got this little short air and, and the broad is behind your hand. Mm. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there and I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, that had to be the stupidest thing. But people bought it, man. I'm telling you, it was because speed was what everybody wanted back then. Now, it was short-lived. I had one. So, um, I wonder why it was short-lived. Probably because somebody shot their hand or something. I don't know, but it was... It was well, I, people still want to go after speed. I mean... But I, I will say there's more and more people wanting to go after that kinetic energy. Yeah. But speed is still, it, it's a major deal. That's why the bows are getting faster and faster. I mean, you got crossbows that are super fast and, you know. I, I like speed, but I will say I do like the way that an arrow flies when it's heavy. Yeah. What do you what do you think about talking about technology and where hunting's going? What do you think about the Garmin site? I'm not a fan of it. So I'm I'm not either. And it has nothing to do with like unethical or anything like that. What I think about is what happens when a battery dies or or something like that while I'm in the woods and a buck walks out on me. Yeah. What am I going to do? Now, Shooting there, there's other brands that are similar to that one, like the IQ. So that one still has pins. 
but it has a rangefinder attached yeah. to it. I do like that. Uh, I like the idea of having the rangefinder. I mean, um, but the Garmin having, but what's, I mean, I mean, I, I won't never have one, but there's a big debate about it, you know, about if if they're if it's good for archery to have a sight that you just pretty much point it and it gives you the range. What's the difference in it and a I agree. crossbow? Well, what's the difference between you just pulling out that range finder and ranging yeah, it? I mean, there's... I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy one. You, there's a, think, you could think, too, like, maybe it makes you make a more ethical shot. Well, think that's, about that. That's the other part. Too. It's like... And see, I, I do go down that road. Like, yeah. I want to make, I, I look at things and go, man, I, I would like to shoot a bigger broadhead just because if I make a little bit of a mistake, it's still going to be an ethical shot and, and kill the deer quickly because I don't want them to suffer. No. You know what I mean? Now, it don't always work out that way. No. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's haunting. It's, it's not 100%. It's going to happen, yeah. I mean, it's not. I just, I don't, it boils down to the individual. Um, and I don't mean, well, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. I'm saying if you can continue to hone your skills, your skills, you know, shot placement, taking the right shot, knowing your effective range, if you can keep those things honed and, and getting better, if you want to add a tool that complements those skills, then I'm for it. Like if, like you said, if that if that sight range finding sight helps you be more effective, but you're you're already a great shot, you know, or uh, and you know your distance and you know. But for these people that say I want to start hunting all here and and they got some money and that's great. Well, I'm going to do this and that because it makes it easy. That I don't, I don't believe in that. But that, see, that's still got something to do with the individual. It really does ha- doesn't have anything to do with any other product. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like one of those things, whether it be the the site or, I mean, you can you can pick any one of them. If you know, if you want to, if somebody wants to argue about, well, that's just gone too far. Well, you could have said the same thing when when hand you know like a regular rangefinder come out, right? Or you could say the same thing when a mechanical release come out. Yeah, I mean you can say the same thing when when bows got really fast and exactly. So to me, yeah. that argument doesn't hold water. It, it really, it really doesn't. Personally. It, it boils down to the individual person. And I well, I, to I, me, I don't think it hurts. The future of hunting. That's the biggest thing. I don't think none of that really hurts it. No. I, I think it, it all Pe- goes People back. hurt. People people are what hurts. Potentially them. hurt yeah. and, the future and, of and hunting. And not. And anything else for that matter. Getting kids in and into it the correct way. is. It, it, I feel like that could make a bigger impact than anything else. Yeah. Um, or if they were to change like crazy laws or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, my daughter being eight, she likes to go. We've talked about that. Um, she doesn't. 
she shot her first turkey. That was the first gun she'd ever shot, first animal she'd ever shot. I really would like to this summer shoot with her, and if I feel like she could you know, shoot a, a rifle uh, at a deer, we'll, we'll probably go this fall. But, again, it's the individual person. And as a parent, you know your kid. I mean, your kids mm-hmm. are different. Right, if you got multiple kids, they're oh, yeah. just. And so, what you do with this one, I may not do with Knox. Yeah. He might be forty-two before I put a gun in his hand. I don't know. <laughs> um, but along the way, uh, and I I shot my first deer at twelve. Uh, I can't remember the first time I shot a gun. It was younger than that. But I I didn't go deer hunting at eight years old. You know, and and that's okay. But along the way, I want to be sure that I'm intentional about, you know, letting my kids know that, yeah, we've got these things, and these are great, but this is, this is the most important part of, of hunting, or, or really, you can apply it to anything, anything in your life. Yeah, I think, like, don't, what, don't, don't go the easy road. To what man. you and Jason are talking about with, with bringing up new hunters, and that, that could be adult onset. Hunters, you know, yeah, anybody new, anybody new to hunting. I just think you, um, the best thing to do is just get them out and 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 make it about them mm-hmm. and make it about teaching them things and showing and talking to them and and showing them things, not not just like whipping out your phone and saying, okay, here's. Where this is a camera. We get this deer here and right. this deer here. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, but that's later. Yeah, that shows later stuff. stuff. But the biggest thing is just having patience and spending time with them and educating them. And I think that's probably where we, our group, needs to concentrate on is putting the right information out there to help new hunters be involved and and be interested and want to go right and we have to give our time to do it yeah and which is hard yeah i mean you know can be i mean you know somebody's got work i mean he's in his 40s never been hunting and he he asked me i said yeah we'll go i'll take you next year i mean you should have said something before now you Mm -hmm. know and he said really i'm like sure yeah we'll go and i'm gonna take him and he may hate it, I don't know, but he might love it. And he's got kids, he's got young kids. So if I can get him going and enjoy it, then hopefully he'll bring his kids up. But you have to, in my opinion, you have to give them the right information so when they do take their kids, it's they do it kind of the same way they were taught. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And going back to what I said earlier, if it's – if you if it's just fun, you're gonna to want to do it again, and then it's like okay, well if if you want to continue do it, there's a lot more to learn. Oh yeah, and you start yeah, learning. Yeah, you got you got to know, like if you're if you're taking somebody for the first time, you got to know the limits of of yeah. You can't what to do. You can't go like a bunch of. Turkey hunting like Brandon and I did and go hike nine miles and expect them to go, man, that was Think a lot of fun. Think that's fun, right. Y'all, you know? knew, y'all, y'all knew 
what was going on. Right. But yeah, to take somebody out there's like, uh, yeah, what's a turkey sound <laughs> like? Yeah, yeah this, this fun. sucked. <laughs> yeah, but you could you could also take that same person. You may not go, but half the distance, but the same amount of time because you're moving slow and you're pointing out stuff and you're pointing out this. I mean, it don't even have to do with turkey hunting. You could point out something to do with deer hunting while you're turkey hunting, you know, and just spend time and talk and just, you know, the biggest thing is, is, is just trying to make sure they understand that success doesn't necessarily mean a field tag. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing in my opinion is just have fun with it. Like we talked about in another podcast, earlier podcast, get outside, enjoy yourself Make it fun if you if you are successful and get to fill the tag. That's like a bonus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got to instill in them, whether they're young or old. That's what I mean when I take my youngest daughter with me. She's seventeen now. I'm pointing out stuff to her all the time, and we we're not in a hurry. You know, if she wants to stop and take a break, we stop and take a break. If she yeah. wants to eat, we stop and eat. You know, it's not a big deal. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I can tell you with this Corona stuff. We've had so many new hunters come in, and all they're looking at is, what can I do to get into hunting? Like, I, I want to hunt. I want to do it with a bow so it's early season. And half of them, you know, you just talk to them about why, why you want to get into it and this and that. Their kids have gotten into it, and now they want to do it with their mm-hmm. kids, which is mm-hmm. kind of backwards. Yeah. You know? yeah but-, but they also are like, I want the meat. And so that right there is where, for me, you know, because, I mean, there's a meat shortage. So, or I think it's not really a meat shortage. I think it's more the meat packing plants or whatever. But it's not as easy to get meat. Right. right now. People are freaking out about it and going, because yeah. I, I mean, I was shocked. Jennifer told me the other day, I saw her browning up some deer burger and I went, why do you keep using that? Use the. The other ones, they're they're like a month older. She's like, babe, then then we're all gone. They've been gone. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. We've we've ate that much burger, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm sitting back going, holy crap, gotta do yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> I shot three deer last year. How, how have we went through that? Yeah, but yeah, it's certain. I, I had a guy message me on Facebook. We went to school with. Um, I hadn't talked to him in forever, and was just like, "Hey, man, I want, I want to go, I want to go hunt, I want to go do a hunt." Never, never hunted, uh, and he was asking if I knew of a place or whatever. And I was like, "I mean, if you if you just want to go hunting, I'll I'll take you hunting. I can't guarantee you anything, but we'll go." And he was like, "For real?" I'm saying, "Yeah." Yeah. So we'll see if he's serious, but this fall we're supposed to. Well, I mean, that's. You know, should, I mean, that's. But like you said, I could have easily said, well, you know, I got this going on and that going on. My kids go. And yeah, and you could have easily said, said no. just go right on down here to UR. Just walk out there. And yeah, yeah. You'll bump into something, you know. Yeah. You could have easily just blowed him off. Yeah. But, you know, I think what Jason said, um, I'm glad, you know, 
I don't want to be too selfish. I mean, I'm 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 glad there's people coming in here or wherever and getting into hunting for whatever reason it may be, whether it's for food or so they can spend more time with their kids or so the kids can spend more time with their dads or moms or whoever. And that's that's a win. Yeah. That's a win all the way around. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. And I, there's been a, a lot of times um, where I'm, I'm going to go hunt and Willow says, I want to go. I want to go. And it's either really hot and or really cold or or whatever like i want when i take her i kind of want everything to be right have a good time when she's there or maybe i just want to go a little earlier than normal so i may sit an hour more right well she her attention you know she's not gonna sit that long so i try to i try to do Two hours, hour and a half. So that's pushing. That's pushing the limit for the evening hunt. So, so there's been a lot of times where I've said no to her, uh, and I know in her mind it's she just can't go. She's yeah. mad about it. But in my mind, I'm trying to set it up for her. Every time I go with her, I want her to have fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like one of the top, one of the top um, obstacles preventing people from getting into hunting especially adult hunters is just accessing somewhere to go i think that's the if it may be the number one thing because they want to go but they don't know where to go yeah and then they hear all these horror stories about public land or whatever so they don't want to go there and then they just finally just give up on it or they do go say they do go to some public and it's a bad experience for them um so I think, you know, as a state or as a as a country or just as a group of people being hunters, I think that's what we really need to concentrate on is is because developments it ain't slowing down. Right. And North Carolina is just it's one of the fastest growing states in the country. Yeah. And so that's a big deal. That's a real big deal, and there's there's organizations around that are doing stuff, but yeah. I just don't think they're doing it. It's just not keeping up with demand. Yeah, and, you know, you got to be more intentional about things like that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, but yeah, I don't know the future of hunting. I think is, uh, I think it it can be great. Future's bright. Yeah. I think, I think it is. I mean, I'll just say I think I think it is. I mean, uh, I don't think numbers are down. Uh, I don't either. I, I don't know where they – and maybe it's other states or whatever, but it sure don't seem like it here. Yeah. It does not. No, especially now, but during the Rona deal. But Well, uh, I mean, I even in other states that that we talk about or been to, it doesn't seem down there either. To me, no. I mean, and talking to other people. Social no, media I heard stuff. on that David Blanton podcast that, like, don't quote me on this, but I think it was like 17,000 people put in 
for the draw on the last day for whatever state he was talking about. I can't remember. I want to say it was Montana. Hmm. 17,000 people put in on the last day. He said it's the first time he hasn't drawn Montana in like 20 years. Yeah. Uh But 17,000 people. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's going to be us one year. Yeah, people. That's something. Well, I mean, it makes you worry. Like, I mean, if there's that many people putting in like on the last day, I mean, are you ever going to draw? I mean, are they going to change it and make it where it's even harder? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to to speak on it. But I know he was he was kind of set back on it, like, holy crap, I can't believe this. Because um, I think that's, like, one of his most favorite places to go. Yeah, I don't blame him. But, yeah, me neither. So, yeah. The future of hunting, hopefully it stays strong. Yeah. Get the kids out to there. us. It's up to us. That's right. We are the future. We are the world. Oh, dear Lord. So that being said, as always, thank you for listening to The Skinning Shit, brought to you by Fuel Outdoor Gear. You can visit us at 109 West White Drive in Archdale, North Carolina. You can visit us online at fueloutdoorgear.com. And on social media at Fuel Outdoor Gear. And again, we're doing the international listeners. Um, We're giving away a shirt and a decal combo. Comment, or actually not comment, send us a direct message. Um, DM. DM us. Slide into our DMs. Um, the first one to do it, we're going to send you a shirt to decal. And please. I want to know if it's Outback Steakhouse legitimate Australian food. No. Okay. No, uh, I don't think so. Well, subscribe to the podcast. <laughs>